Hello and welcome to Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have a friend of the show, a friend of the station, Gene Freeman. He's going to speak to us about his experience as a black man in, in America and what he thinks of the George Floyd ex- experience and, and uh, what he thinks about what's happening right now. If you want to give us a call, please give us a call at 515-602-9609. I'd love to hear from you. love to hear your thoughts as long as it's, you know, <laughs> you're not yelling in my ear. You know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what people were talking about in the streets before we bring Gene Freeman in. People have been talking about reforming, defunding, and disbanding the police department. And those are very confusing arguments or discussions. Disbanding the police department is a lot like, like Camden, New Jersey. I don't know if you know about Camden, New Jersey, but they basically disbanded the entire police department. They rehired everybody, put them through the rigors of, of testing and what have you all over again. And they basically reimagined their police department. So it's a reimagining of the police department that is essentially defunct. Reform is exactly what we've been doing for a very long time. It's body cams. It's, it's, more testing, it's more training, it's more equipment in, in the way that it's in the, like rubber bullets and what have you. So that's reform. <clears throat> and we noticed that that hasn't really worked because people just simply shut off their, their, their cam and they do whatever they want to do. So reform is, is a tricky subject. Defunding, on the other hand, that's a very, very tricky word because when you have to explain yourself, especially in politics, you're losing. The funding is about, <clears throat> excuse me, taking an already established form of money that goes to, like, let's just say the California Police Department, which is, I, I think it's like $1 billion. New York gets $7 billion. And what you're doing is you're taking a portion of that and you're giving it to other services like mental health and, uh, and psychiatrists. And, you know, when a lot of, schools have a police officer that is going to be there on on the school premises and what have you, but not a lot of them have psychiatrists. When you look at the police department, and I've worked with the police department for many, many, my entire adult life, and I haven't known one single police officer that wanted to bring in anybody for a mental health issue. I haven't seen any cops that wanted to bring, you know, arrest anybody for like schizophrenia or suicide, or things like this. They don't really want to handle these issues. So they, they run away from those issues. Or when they do run into them, they don't handle them well. Um, defunding the police would actually put money into the hands of people who can handle those issues, who are better equipped to handle those issues, or who are properly trained to handle those issues, making maybe even making a separate department, maybe even making a a quarter department that can handle those very extreme situations, very extreme um, problems that cops that you know run the streets they do not want to handle themselves. So that's what reform, defund, and disband the police department is. It's a very tricky subject. I don't know if I got that exactly correct. I, I did my best. Um, 
even the Washington Post came out with, with their own understanding of, of what it meant. And that was a little confusing for me. But I would say this, in politics, if you need to explain yourself, then you're losing. So if we want to defund, defund the police department, we need to have a very, very clear, very, very clear uh, objective on what to do. Now, let's put, let's put a little song on right now because uh, I, I see Gene Freeman is trying to get on right now. So let's, let me give you a little song and then... Uh, I'll be right back as, as I give them instructions on how to get on. Didn't want to write a love song. Usually these things come out wrong. But you've been up in my head all day long. And now I'm all gone, yeah. Didn't know we end up this way. Keeping memories on replay. Yeah, you make me want to got gene freeman on the line right now i don't know how appropriate that song by sage uh being for the subject matter is but uh <laughs> i really appreciate it i love that song and eh, we broke the ice what the heck yeah, one more thing i want to talk about after we talk about reform defund and and uh 
disband the police department is a lot of these Confederate statues that are out right now that people are, are putting um, a buffer to get these things out of, out of queue. You know, if you, if you type in, or if you just watch YouTube, you'll see that the, the English took this one statue of a very well-known slave trader, very rich slave trader. And they just tore this thing out of the roots, dragged it across the street and threw it into the river in which he brought slaves down. So I don't, I don't, I don't see much of a problem with doing that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, you know, because if you're not going to handle things that are insulting the people, they're paying taxes that are living their lives the way they do. If you're going to continually insult them and put them in fear the way that these things do as representations, then eventually the people will put it in their own hands. And that's really what you don't want to do as a culture or a society is leave it in the hands of the people. If you if you become so bureaucratic, like we want to rename some, uh, some of our military bases right now because of, you know, a lot of them are named after Confederate generals and not very good Confederate generals, might I add, but we want like, like Fort Bragg, we want to na- rename these things. And um, that makes complete sense to me. A hundred percent makes sense to me. Why would you want to celebrate people who took arms against basically Americans and, and, uh, and took and had the wrong side of history? So, I don't know, these are just, just little simple conversations, but these are just my thoughts, my ideas. If you want to give us a call and tell us what you think, give me a call at 515-602-9609. Let's bring out Gene right now. Let's give him a little clap here. <laughs> hey, Gene. How's it going? How's it going? Good, good how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. It's tough. It's a lot going on right now for me. Excuse yeah, me there's now. a there's there's a lot going on right now. How you have, how you yeah. been handling it? Uh, you know, like I tell people, it's it's been coming in waves. One minute I'm I'm somewhat cool, then the next minute I feel empowered. Next minute I'm just mad all the hell. I mean, and then I just you know have moments where I'm just breaking down. Like I had, like I said, I would say this weekend. Um, I just, I just stopped. Like I just, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I was just full of tears. Like I couldn't eat. I didn't get out of the bed till like almost five in the, yeah. you know, in the evening. Yeah. It's just yeah. a lot. It was just a lot. Taking it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was talking to my, I was talking to my therapist and, and, um, I just started crying. Yeah. I worked for the police department for so many years, uh, you know, for, uh, I was, did a, a lot of reform for them. And, and taught them mm. um, a lot of uh, defensive tactics on how to de-escalate and what have you. And I, I felt mm. like I, I, I wasted a portion of my life mm. on people that mm. didn't, didn't care, you know, and it was, didn't change yeah. anything. You know what I mean? I just felt like I, I didn't change anything. You know, I, I, yeah. I lost time with my family. I lost time with my nephews and nieces. And for what? So I I could help yeah. a bunch of jack jackasses who are gonna what just kill a man because he's selling six, you know Lucy cigarettes. Right. Yeah, it's just sad. I mean, I was telling some people like, you know, the cops are just an extension of the system, and it just says a lot about our system. It's 
especially if you yeah. like uh you watch on Netflix um the 13th I thought that did like a really good job of yeah just showing you know the history cuz I didn't know it, you know I've had, I've heard things in small form or things I've experienced right. but to see it to that magnitude it just it really just changed me it just shocked me for a second well, a lot of people don't realize that the police were originally first created in America to actually find slaves and and right. bring slaves back to their owners. So a right. lot of people don't don't realize that at all. But when they do, it, it's it's quite frightening, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Like, and when you look at the cops that are in certain areas, like they are in those areas to oppress those people and by any means necessary. So it's like you don't see those cops in Beverly Hills or in the high end. No, you don't need them there. You want them in the places where they can instill fear and do things in the sense of, you know, that I can get away with this and there's right. nothing you can do about it. It's my word against yours. And even if you do happen to have camera or anything on me, it doesn't matter because when I'm amongst my peers, I won't be judged as such. I'll just get, you know, uh, time off with pay, you know, right. things of that right. nature. So it's like just really exposes the system. It does remind me a lot of the Catholic church uh, a couple of years ago. Mm to where, you know, instead of firing a lot of these priests who are, who are, you know, doing really horrible things, they would just send them to a different clergy, send them to a different church. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing here where it's like, you know, yeah. Instead of like, you know, instead of uh, firing this officer or putting this officer in the arrest, just send them to a different department and that that'll clean it up that'll clear it up and it's like no he's just gonna, you yeah. know once a person is is dirty they're they're dirty pretty much pretty much yeah. yeah yeah i mean and that's the thing like with this the way the system is set up it's like we'll just slap you on the hand obviously we got to send you somewhere else but you know once it dies down don't worry you're not going to do any time this isn't going to reflect your record cuz i mean even the gentleman who put his knee on the on uh, George Ford's neck um, you know, he had like 20 years in the service and it's like, he right. had like a complaint in sight and things going on in his record for over that time. And it's like, how did that go on for so long? It's because right. again, it's a reflection of what well, we got to do something now because this has got to the proportion of what it's gotten to, you know, thank, thankfully to the whole world standing together for, you know, to get these four guys, but you know, right. Again, it well, took the whole world and the whole world just to get those four guys. And then it was like, first they were like really like bullshit charges. And, you know, then like, okay, now we'll add a little more because obviously that's not good enough. They're like, well, we got to look at the evidence. You know, I'm like, well, how much evidence do you really got to look at? Because there was a, gen- right. a black gentleman who shot a white woman and he got 12 years. And it didn't that's right. it took that long to put it together. So, right. You know. Right. And they didn't. I don't think they even had body cam. I, I think it was circumstantial evidence that put that guy in prison. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't have like I mean, nineteen different cameras from seventeen different sections pointing it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even with that, like the, for a minute before they even showed the other angles, they they you only saw like those two officers. So everyone was like, you know, this officer needs to be, you know, right. taken, you know, we need to arrest right. this one. But then like you see the other angle, you see two other officers on top yeah. of him. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. You know, doing a I've full body compression that. on him. Yeah. Like I've experienced that. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't even imagine, you know, dying there on the spot, but I've been choked out at in, in, in a similar situation 
You know, I really? did something stupid, and I and, and I and I expected like you know again, it's okay that you you know you detain me. My thing was right. how I got mobbed by eight people, and then people is just choking and stab jabbing me in the throat, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't necessary. I was just you know, it's like, what was the goal? Right. <laughs> it, well, know? what was that experience like, that you went through? What what happened? Um, I, what, what did I do? I, I was young. I was, you know, I, I, sw- I was trying to impress somebody and I swapped tags on this thing and I was like, and then they saw me do it and they were like, no, we, you come with us. And I was like, no. And then they're like, uh, yes. And then they, two people grabbed me, then another person grabbed me and they all tried to take me to the ground. And I was like, what? And these weren't, these weren't the cops. These were just undercover, um, you know, uh, uh, like security, and I was just, and I got oh my gosh. by eight people. Yeah, it was, you know, I was like, I think fifteen, and you right. know, I'm in Myers, and it's just in, back in Michigan, and you know, in Okinus, Okinus, Michigan, and they, and the mm. guy, I just remember the guy was putting me in the, he was trying to put me in the rear naked. I didn't know what that was then, but right. and then he was trying to jab under it. I guess there's like a pressure point, but it wasn't working, and they were, I could just remember them saying. How old is this guy? Because they, I mean, because again, it's like adrenaline was rushing, and right. people were. It just it felt like I was in a football thing. Like people were just on me, and I was just like, all this for a tag. Like I was like, again, it was, it was told. I, I totally expected to, you know, the handcuffs when the handcuffs were put on me, the cops yanked me up, threw me in the squad car, and I was just so mad because I was like, why did it go? Why was it that far? Like that was way too much. Like I was fifteen. I wasn't like you know, it wasn't right. like I was fighting the security guards i wasn't putting up that much of resistance but again it's like i got mobbed and there was right. no in the, it was like their word against mine like no one cared you know they let me go and they just had you know whatever but you know that instance you know it was just like how extreme can you do you need to go you know again right. you know it just it just really it was really frustrating at that, at that time and i got other stories where it was just like you know other things where that wasn't my fault. Like that one, I, you know, I was like, you know, if I didn't do the swap another tag, I probably wouldn't have been in that position. But there's other things that I experienced where it was like I didn't do anything wrong. You know, right. so tell me about like, tell me about tell me about one of those experiences that you didn't do anything wrong. And you know, let me, before you before yeah. we get into that, you know, sure. is it is it at what age did you realize? that it, it it is going to be a different experience for you if you do get pulled over. Oh man. Um when my parents we moved to uh Okemos, Michigan, um and we were we were living in the, we lived in the suburbs, predominantly white neighborhood, um you doctors, lawyers, business owners, things of that nature. Um and we went to go play with our friends who they lived in a condominium and um, at that point, we were it, we were playing cops and robbers because my friend was like, "Yeah, we play this all the time." And his, you know, right. a good friend of mine, white kid, and I was like, "All right, cool. Let you know, we're, we're me, it's me and my younger brother, and we're just playing." And all of a sudden, I'm trying to find him because I'm like, I don't see him. I'm like, "Where is he at?" And then I look and I see him. He's spread eagle on the ground, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he's like, "You have to run." There's he has a gun. I'm like. Who? What? Where? What? Like, what are you talking about? What gun? And there was a white gentleman sticking his gun through the window, and he says, get down on the ground. And my brother's like, just run, just run. I'm like, I didn't even, it didn't even process 
everything that was happening in that moment because yeah. we were like nine, like nine or ten, something like that. And I was just thinking, I was like, I can't leave my brother because you know right. our parents have taught us your brother's keeper. So it's like if I leave, I have no idea what's gonna happen to him. And so I just get down on the ground with him, and you know he comes over, he's pointing the gun at us, he kicks the he kicks the the toy gun, and again. I get he, from the looks of it, he probably didn't know what it was. That right. was fine. But when he kicked it, you know what plastic sounds like when it scrapes right. against the concrete. Right. And it was, and it did that. And he just still, he kept it. So he's like, don't move. Don't get up. And when the cops came, that's when we could get up. And then I remember my friend's mom, like, calling my parents. And, you know, and then that's when they had to explain to us. Because we didn't understand why we were the only ones on the ground. Because there were right. other kids playing, too. And you mean there was, was white kids around you playing as well? Yeah, there was white kids playing. Yeah, there was white kids playing. It was him, but only you two had the gun stuck on you. Yeah, yeah. It was only That's me incredible. Me. That's incredible. Yeah, and that was when my parents had to really talk to us and tell us, you know, we. and I remember my mom saying, we're on the other side of the line, and that, you know, because you're black, you know, because he said it, he said it, he said it to the cop, he's like, I thought they were robbing people. And right. we look, I was like, what, you know, I didn't understand what he was talking about. Like, you know, and I remember my parents were sitting us down because that was when they really had to give us the talk about where we were, what could happen. And, and I remember my mom was telling me when I was a baby, you know, we were in the store and she was like, yeah, this little white kid walks up to me, uh, to my mom. And she says, is that your baby? And she said, yes, this is. And then he asked, where's his tail? And she just looked at him. Where's his tail? Like, yeah. And, and, I, and I was like, and I asked her, Mom, I'm like, Mom, what do you mean? What, I don't understand what that, why, what was the tail thing? And she was like, that's because he, he, he was taught that black people are monkeys. And so monkeys have tails. And, oh. you know, and so from that and then the school we went to, because I remember getting on the school bus, and, and um, you know, kids are calling me gorilla, kids are calling me monkey. And, you know, she was telling me, like, you have to be prepared for it. They're going to call you names. Um, and, then and it's not right. the, the outlandish stuff you're going to hear. It's the slick things. It's going to sound nice. They're going to say things to you, you know, in a nice way, but they're being insulting. You mean like, you mean like white she, supremacist and khakis? You mean like that? Yeah, like, I mean, like, based, like for instance, she, I remember she was telling me she was on a date, and this is why she was really animate. My, both my parents were really animate about us learning at home just as much as in school at, about uh, having an extensive vocabulary because the gentleman was on a date with her, white gentleman, and he says, you know, you're so beautiful and loquacious. And she was like, oh, so I'm beautiful, loud, and obnoxious. So you just destroyed any chance of anything with me. And right. he didn't realize that she was, she understood what he said. And, <laughs> you know, she was like, you know, white people are over here. There's some people are going to be nice, but some of them are going to say things to you. Like you speak so well, or you're not like the other ones. Or the one thing that stuck with me over the years, even to this day, is you're going to represent your whole race. And I remember mm -hmm. hearing that. And I was just thinking, what does that mean? And she was like, because they're either going to go off what they see off of TV or the movies and, you know, what, they, what they've been told by their parents. And you're going right. to pretty much either break those stereotypes or you're going to add to them. So, you know, you have to really be careful how you act 
what you say, what you do, because they're going to base that off of every other black person. And then that's why people will walk up to me and they'd be like, yo, what's up, homie G dog and stuff like that. And I was like, why are you talking to me like that? Like, I've never, ever said that before in my life, you know, right. but this was their opportunity to, to explore whether, you know, I tell people growing up at that time was a lot of curiosity and ignorance, you right. know, that I had to deal with growing up, you know, you know, I'm getting all types of stuff. I mean, we had bricks through the window and, you know, and she, again, they were talking about this line that we were on and that we crossed and I'm, I go outside, I'm, I'm a real, uh, you know, creative, imaginative kid. And I'm looking around like, where's this line? Like Sonic the Hedgehog got rings. I'm like, where is this line at that she's talking right. about? I don't right. see it. And so I didn't realize what she was talking about until much later on about, you know, how they s- set up a system where they want black people in certain places. You know, this, you know, so like if you go for a loan, you're going to get denied because you're on this side. If you're trying to get a good education, well, nope, because you're on this side, you need to stay over here, you know, so things of that nature. And, you know, it just really sucked a lot of the times. I mean, even the, the principal, and I remember the principal called the police on me um, when I went to middle school because I was in track, and, you know, somebody somebody was trying to mess with my brother. You know, again, you can't, I'm not going to let you, my family, I'm going to protect my family. And all right. I did, I didn't even fight the guy. I just told him, like, hey, man, if you're going to try to fight my brother, you just got to go through me first, period. And I was a bigger guy. He just backed off. But because of that, principal took that and said, you know what, you, you're out of this. You're off the track team. Um, you know, don't come to the pizza party and things of that nature. And I was like, but I did nothing wrong. All I did was stop a fight and tell them, you know, because I was the type of kid, I would go tell. Like, I didn't even think of fighting until, you know, fighting back until, you know, again, my mom was like, here's the thing, because I was getting beat up. And she was like, you're no one's punching bag. You can't start a fight, but if you need to, you can finish it. You know, because they'd right. be like, eye for eye and stuff. And I think my brother said something slick to the to the counselor, like, this lady's trying to kill me. <laughs> like, you know, right. like, you want me to lay down and let these people just do whatever they want. And, you know, the principal called the police. I got escorted off the, you know, and told I had to go home. And it was just like, I did, again, you know, so it's just constantly – dealing with these things and, you know, getting these looks. And I was like, why are these people looking at me like that? And as I got older, you know, it just stuck with me. You know, being in this business, it stuck with me. You hear things and you're like, again, because you know what it is. There's this unspoken rule that, you know, you can't say or do things a certain kind of way because if you do, it's a bad reflection on the next black person that comes behind you. So there's just so much red tape and chains that you have to try to figure out how to maneuver around. And, you know, uh, to backtrack on what you were asking about, when did I realize that, you know, driving and, you know, being pulled over, I remember my father, um, we had, we lived, again, we lived, this is an Oakmist, you know, my parents had a BMW, it was a nice one. Um, and I remember my father saying, you know, I'm going to have to drive to work. I can't jog to work anymore because no one's going to believe that I'm running at 4 a.m. to get to work in this neighborhood. I'm either going to right. get shot or arrested. And yeah. I remember hearing that. And I was like, why would? Why does that matter? And it's, again, because they don't believe we're in this neighborhood unless, you know, we're stealing or doing something we have no business doing. When you get the traditional, may I help you, who are you here to see? You know, right. that 
those particular anytime you hear those particular words from a random uh you know white person in a certain neighborhood if you didn't say hey hello how are you doing and that person yeah. just comes up to you and starts doing that and i mean i have my neighbors back to me you know i'm flying my drone and doing my own thing and and pulling stuff out of my trunk and he's like he's looking and i'm looking and i'm like okay as long as you're looking and we're not having an issue it's all good this guy says uh good evening uh, how may i help you and i said no but good evening and thank you and then i kept on minding my business He's still looking at me. I'm, I see him on peripheral. I'm like, okay, I know this energy. I know what this is. And because, again, growing up, I've heard those words, and my father and his father would talk about it. My cousins would talk about it. And so, you know, this time now I'm a little heated because, you know, he says right. it again. How may I help you? Who are you here to see? And I said, let me help you. I don't need to see anybody. And then my buddy runs over. He's like, I know, Gene, Gene, Gene. And I was like, no, 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 no. He, he, he obviously, I've been living here for almost seven months. He doesn't know that I live here, apparently. So let me educate. And so, you know, but, you know, my buddy came and de-escalated it. But, again, you know, just that, 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 that mentality from since I was a kid, even to before I was born, and, you know, driving in cars, my father and my mother said, you know, if you get pulled over, both hands on the wheel, and say things like, sir, officer, you know, be very respectful, you know, things of that nature, because it could cost you your life. Like, they were not playing with that. And the times I got pulled over, I literally, the first time I felt it, I, and it's weird, you feel this sensation of, I, I'm in danger. And, right. you know, that fight or flight, and you and there's nothing you can do, because when that light is shined on you and you see that person having their hand on their person and you see that other hand free, meanwhile, you're just trying to keep cool because there's a gun in your peripheral. Right. And this person, they, they don't, and it don't take much. Like, depending on the officer you get, it doesn't take much to to, to be at the statistic. You know, either right. it could be the statistic of going to jail or there could be the statistic of I'm laying on the ground and there's another black individual that no one will know about because there was no cameras. Right. You know, uh, and, and and it's and it's and it's sad because I've had that happen. It got to the point because my mother had had an illness. A cop would pull us over because they saw four black guys in the car, and he pulled us over. He looked over. He looked in the back. He saw me. He's like, "Hey, man, I know your mom. Man, oh, you, y'all good? Go on, go on, go on, go on. Your mind your business. Like, you know. Right. Luckily, I was in the car, and they were looking like, "What are you, a celebrity or something? Like, how did he know you?" And I was like. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, as a kid, I just rolled with it, make it seem cool. But, again, I was nervous as hell just each right. time, you know. Uh, and, some of the, and some of these cops, they, it's like not just being black, but being a man. And, like, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two. I mean, before I was really training, I was, like, 250. And, you know, I was a big guy. And I would right. get antagonized by people because they're like, oh, we got to, if we can just make him mad enough, We'll call the cops and they'll take them away. All right. And so I would be the smarter person and be like, "No, nah, you're not going to give me with that mind game." So I, I'd be the person to call and be like, "You could, could you get them, please?" And then I'd have this a female cop was all in my face talking about how could you, how dare you, what type of man are you? And I'm like, "Wait, ma'am, how dare you what? I mean, how dare you what? Yeah, exactly. How because how, you know she put me with the stereotype, you know, some deadbeat trying to probably be some baby daddy." that doesn't know how to take care of himself, is over here taking advantage of some poor woman, and, the, you know, just one of those statistics. I was like, excuse me, ma'am, I called you to de-escalate and handle these people because you didn't have to pick them up. They're not knocked out. They're there. 
you're talking right. to them. You know, I, I kept my cool. You know, and you know, people were in my face. I've had a this one cop. He was he was a big, I mean, big, massive dude. I mean, and he was like, "What the hell is that on your head?" I was like, "This is the hat that my daughter gave me," and he was like, "Take that shit off." And I was like, "Seriously, man?" So, he, and he like the next answer could have been my life. And I so he wanted de- off, he wanted to demasculate you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, again, one of, one of these animals, one of these. You know, probably no good talk, talk, slick, say whatever, just to get out of here the moment. And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, this is how, what I deal with. You know, I remember working on a, a damn on Lethal Weapon, hmm. and it was a scene where they had us all cuffed, and I'm just, you know, I'm walking, and I told the gentleman, I was like, I can't lift my leg because the le- the the, ch- the cuffs on my leg are cutting into my my leg. I can't lift right. it. So we found a way to get around it. But when they finally took the cuffs off and I, you could see, I had a bruise all across my, my ankle and you could see how the cuffs cut into it. And you could see I was bleeding. And I was right. like, damn, I was like, uh, you know, and he was like, Oh man, don't act like this. Is your first time being cuffed. And I said, no, not from the down, no. <laughs> no, not from the waist down. Who no. said that? Who said that to you? Me. It was one of the guys, prop guys. He took, you know, that's insane to say to another yeah. human being. Yeah, it was. Toy act like this is the only time you've ever been handcuffed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, had no problem saying it. And I was like, and the only reason I didn't report it is because I don't feel like, I didn't feel like I'd be believed. I didn't feel like anything was going to happen. Because, right. again, we've seen countless times throughout history when a black person makes a report, does all the right steps, it's still not close enough to getting to the goal of, of justice or things being taken care of, you know? Right. So it's just, you know, so it, it, it left, it left me feeling some kind of way. I've been in, you know, situations where people say stuff about race and my, and blackface. And I just had to keep my cool because I knew if I did something, uh, you know, it would be a bad reflection on all of us. And so it just, it took a minute for me to figure out because it was bothering me. It took a minute to really figure out. I had to pray and, you know, because how to get through that. Like, I can't just let people just say whatever to the point so where you, it's you, like. So you went from being your, your, your literal brother's keeper to being yeah. general brother's keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're where you're where you're taking care of old black men around you, you know, I, I I can't help but believe that that causes some sort of PT. I mean, yeah, not some sort of, but PTSD to kick in somewhere in your life it does. to where, it, yeah, no, without a doubt, it does. That's that's yeah, ins- does. Every- your story. You're, I, I I hate to sound like shocked, like when I'm listening to your stories, but they sound they sound insane to to have lived this life, to have gone through these experiences. Uh, you know, to anybody else, it would it would sound like you'd lived in you know as a you know as as a an American in Afghanistan. You know, it sounds it sounds insane to me almost. But please continue yeah, your story. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, no, like you're right, it does. It it is it, like, and I was just telling my friend recently, like there there, I feel like there are chains on me sometimes, where it's like just when I break one, there's another one, or yeah. it's like just when I figured out this level of the game. All of a sudden, it's like the same game. They just switch the chains. Yeah, you know that's they, why they, they change the goalposts. Yeah, yeah, it's you yeah. Know, like if you watch thirteen, you know, and you see how they just change the wording. Right. You know, they yeah, just, yeah, you're free, but not really. 
you know, yeah. oh, you know, this was strike three, and then they make yeah, it. Yeah, you don't. We don't have flavor anymore, but you, you, but we're going to separate the bathrooms. We're going to create yeah, the Jim Crow exactly. era. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You still got to say, sir, yes, sir. You, uh, you still got to give the person the right away. I mean, I've been. I remember when I first started hiking out at, you know, Fryman, and you know, and there was like you could just sense this level of entitlement, and I was just like, I told my friend, I was like, the next person. It don't matter, black, white, or whatever, but the next person, it was really a lot of white people that would literally not move out the way expecting me to move. And I was just like, yo, you're not even going to say, excuse me? Right. Oh, well, you know. And, you know, I just walked, kept on walking. I guess we both going to be some non-excuse-me people in this, in, in, on this hike, you know. Right. Or if I walk, if I hike with my, you know, some of my white friends, and then all of a sudden I get these smiles from other people, and I was like, yo, it's so crazy how it's so different when I'm with, you know, a white person as opposed to just myself or when I'm with my brothers or my cousins or any other black person. You know, I've heard people say, you know, how do y'all black people always stick together when y'all come out? I'm like, did you, was that necessary? I mean, I can't just say what's up. I say what's up to everyone. They come right. through the door, man. You you just never know who's who and what's what, and it's just being polite. But you let know, me ask, people let like me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So, this is going to sound. I think this is going to sound kind of weird. But was there ever a time in your life that you that you wished that you were white, or at least treated as if you were white? You you know what? That's interesting. You know, um, there. I remember we were we were. We were um, coloring on a trash can. We were trying to, you know, decorate and make it look nice. And I remember my mother was saying, hey, she gave me the black marker, and I started drawing straight hair. And she said, why don't you, just, why don't you make it like our hair, you know? And she, I was like, well, because straight hair is better. And she was like, what makes you th- say that? And then, you know, subconsciously, because I've seen – you know, you watch the commercials, you watch the movies, you know, you right. you see things, like, because you don't see a representation of yourself right. in, in a positive light, you know, because, again, it's, it's, so it's like, this is what's good. You know, white is good, you know, white dress, white pants, white shoes, white crisp, you know, it's like, so you right. always think of, well, that's what I want. You know, I want the, you know, especially when you live in different places, like where I live, you know, you want it to fit in. Like, I, and I found, which was really interesting, when it was came time to uh, draw ourselves, I remember it was like second, second or third grade or something like that, and everybody's drawing themselves, and they're expecting, to, they're looking at to see what I'm drawing, and right. uh, I, and instead I drew a Ninja Turtle because I was really into Ninja Turtles, like I'm Raphael, <laughs> like I drew that, and yeah, I just like no, nah, damn that, I'm a, I'm, a, if I'm gonna be anything, I'm gonna be what I want to be, skip what y'all see, like I'm a Ninja Turtle, and you know they called my parents, like it was so big to them. They called my parents because they were trying to get me to conform, and I was like, I don't right. see any other black people up there. I'm put. I, I, I was just a, a creative rebel, and I just did a Ninja Turtle. But I, you know, it's like I wanted to be things, but I would always hear someone tell me, "Well, you can't be, you can't be this character because he's white." You know, they. I think they touched on it on uh, Stranger Things when both of them wanted to be Peter Venkman, and I was like, and he's like, "Why can't I be Peter Venkman?" And, you know, and, yeah. and I was that yeah. kid. I was like, why can't I be Peter Venkman? And somebody would call it out. You know, I was like, you're, you're, you're not, you're not white. And I'm like, what does that have to do with busting girls? <laughs> like I was that kid. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was smart enough to know that there was something wrong. I knew I definitely wanted to be different, but it was like, 
not black or white, but I was like, I just want to be a superhero. I just want to be a ninja turtle until the, you know there was a sewer, and I was like, no, I'm not going down there. I'm not. I'm not. That's. I'm not doing that. You know. But it's right. just you know that people would always try to put, and it got to the point where I was just like, you cannot put me in a box. Stop putting me in a box. Don't don't say I can't be this or that because of my color, because of my gender. You know, look at me as a case to case. You know, you know, I might be special. I might be the exception to the rule. But, you know, I'd always have that. And I remember there was a girl I liked, and, you know, she was white, and I used to write her poems. And, and she was an older in, in high school, and I was in middle school. She was like, I would love to take you to prom or the, to the dance, but I can't because you're black. My parents would not allow that. And that was probably one of the times I wanted to be white because I was like, I don't want to be limited by my because of my skin. Like, I can't change that, you know. Right. So it's like, you know, just, just getting those opportunities. That's probably when I would ever thought about changing something up because, like, I didn't want to be limited. Right. So. Is it, yeah. that's, did that give you fear in the future for dating white women in the, in the future? Uh, you know what? It wasn't a fear, but it, there was – my mom and my dad my, – especially my mom definitely wanted me to date within my race, mainly because what happened to one of my cousins um, – because he was dating a white girl and they were having sex, I guess. And she, and her parents came and caught her and she yelled rape and he went to jail. Like that was it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was just like to see that and my parents go through that, you know, cause he was staying with us and it was just like, stay within your race just because you don't, you don't want to deal right. with this. But then, it was like because I was so different in the sense of where I lived and I picked up like the speech patterns, the music choices, my, it, like, it was just so, it, hold on one second. It's like a loud flame. Um, sorry about that. No worries. Yeah. You know, it was because I was culturally learning about like Def Leppard and, and Aerosmith. Like these are the, my musical choices. And my cousins, you know, they're in Detroit. They're like, yo, man, I can't. What are you listening to? Like, they're listening to, like, you know, Snoop and NWA and all that. And I'm like, I don't listen to that. My parents wouldn't listen to that. So it's like I couldn't, you know, get the black female to get to know me because they're like, nah, bro, you're not cool enough. You're way too much of a nerd for me. But then, like, there was that be that curiosity with, with the white girls where they'd want to know about what's it like to be with a black guy, like, you know, right. about the myth. And things of that nature. And, and I remember my mother had to talk about that to me. And I was like, what's the myth? Because I didn't know. It was my first year of middle school. And, right. you know, I'm just, you know, getting ready for that. I just heard we had to take showers. And she's like, look, they're going to try to see about the myth. And I was like, okay, what is, mom, what is the myth? What is that? And she's like, they're going to want to know if you have a big penis. And I was like, ew, why? because they believe that black men are, you know, mandingos and all these other things. And I was like, now, in my head... Wow, that's, the, that's the first the, time I heard the word mandingo in a very long time, by the way. Wow. Man, I, I, man that, that word was used, and I just... I was like, what is that? And then we, she had me... Cause my, my, again, my parents were really big on having us watch things, like roots and, you know, learning right. these terms. And I just, you know, for me, I, was, I took it as a kid. I was, or as a teen, young, going to my teen years, I was like, oh, I got a big one. Oh, well, great. When's shower time? I'm ready. To, who needs who, who needs a fan? Huh? Is it a little cold in here? I got you. It's me. I'm sorry. Everybody want to jump rope in the shower? You know where to find me. 
I took right. it, and my, I'm pretty sure my mom was happy that I was able to make that into a positive. But growing after that, you know, I would hear stuff. That, then it got insulting. It was like, yo, like, the, but the women would definitely would want to ask things, and I was like, you know, asking me questions in class, and I'd be like, you know, you need to ask your parents about that. You, I don't, I don't feel like you should be asking me that type of questions about my anatomy. You know, they, they, like I said, but they had to gear us up. They had to really give us a lot of information because had they had had they not did that, you know, we would have been subject to a lot, lot of BS, a lot of stuff that, you know, we would definitely would have scarred us or changed us for the worse because we experienced so much of it, you know. And what, what, what was your parents' occupations? I said it again. What was your parents' occupations? What were their jobs? Uh, my, my business owners and, um, cause they owned a comic book stop, uh, shop that had movie rentals, video games, trading way cards. To go. Uh, now that's the way to live. Yeah. Collectibles. Yeah. It was, it was Christmas every day for me. Um, and, but also my father worked, um, at the post office and he had like a job working for the state. So yeah. between that, that was the main thing. Yeah. Gene, I, I, need, I need you to keep the, the, the phone close to your mouth. I'm, I'm, you're coming in and out. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you clear now, yeah. Because okay. we have an audience yeah. right now. I, I, want, I want them to be able to hear you clearly. Your, your parents yeah. worked so extremely hard to make sure their, yes. their, their children did not get killed. You know, yeah. weren't harmed and weren't, weren't alarmed by other people. Do you ever see like the struggle that they had to go through in your life as, as a child, or did it take for you to be older to see the struggle they went through? Cause it, it, it sounds horrible. Uh, um, you know what? Yeah, I mean, as I got older, yeah, my parents were very transparent about the things they were dealing with, you know, like again, because like they were comic book, uh, they owned a comic book shop. My right. mother went to Wisconsin. I'll never forget it. She was telling me how the men, you know, were so fascinated. There was a, first of all, there was a woman, then there was a black woman that was into comic books, like legit into comic books. So like everybody was trying to either, you know, trying to sleep with her, trying to do something. They were coming at her a certain kind of way. She's like, this one dude was singing opera music in, in her hotel, by her hotel door, trying to impress her, you know, <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, she was sitting at the dinner You know, table, no matter, no matter what, had... guys are all the same, man. I mean, I don't care yeah, how I mean, racist they are. I mean, guys are all the same, man. Yeah, yeah. When it comes, yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, you know, that, I get it. You know, you're going to shoot your shot. But, you know, she came with some one of our artists, and I remember he, him telling me he was sitting at the table, and they all pushed him pretty much out the booth. And, you know, he was really mad about that because he was like, they don't know if you're um, your husband or anything, they, brother, nothing. They just literally muscled him out of the space and planted themselves, you know, and, and things of that nature. And, you know, my father, you know, talked about, you know, being able to, to work the job he had to work and meanwhile taking racial ridicule. Like, they, again, they threw, rock, they threw a brick through one of our cars and it said, go back home. You wow. Know? You know, yeah, like right in our face. You know, you had kids that were so bold saying things like, you know, why do black people do this? And my mom and my dad just look like, you know, or we go over a friend's house and after we leave, they would they would call my parents because they would think something was stolen. 
And, you know, my mom you and can't. my dad had Are you serious? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'll never forget. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Yep, sure did. Yeah, so it was wow. like always something. Yeah, it was, you know, and I think a lot of times, because my mother was heavy, heavy set. She was really bigger at that time, you know, so kids would say stuff, you know, about my mom. And, then, of course, me being me, that was the quickest way. You want to get me to fight, mess with my family. That was the quickest way for me. To, I'm, I, I'll take the L, you know. It's like your mom is yeah. something, something, you know. I, I would watch, you know, movies from the shop, and I remember watching Lethal Weapon. I saw Mel Gibson in, in the first one, running up, he kicked right. Gary Busey, he did the jump kick. I was like, oh, I'm going to use that tomorrow. I'm going to use that <laughs> tomorrow. Because I know some kid is going to say some stuff about my family. It got to the point where I just knew they were going to do something. I mean, we, even, we ended up even getting nicknames called the Karate Kids because we fought so much you know, every day about racial stuff because they would either right. try to talk mess with our family or they would either try to do something to each to one of us. And, you know, we just, you know, my mom, again, our parents was like, you can't start it, but if you have to, you can finish it. You know, you got to protect right. yourself. And I remember a lot of those fights. You know, I, I remember when I worked on The Mandalorian and I was talking to Carl Weathers and I was like, hey, man, I just want to tell you, you know, that Action Jackson, that got me through a lot of fights. That yeah, that 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 phrase. Now you didn't piss me off. Got me through a right. lot of fights. I would, I would say that that month, that little phrase, and I start winning. You know, it, yeah. it was just it was always something. Yeah, it was really hard. Well, you, you know, before we move on, you know, I was very when we spoke before, I was very proud for you to work on the Mandalorian. But Mandalorian is is such a great show because, it, you know, they have a lot of they have people like you know, of every color. They have women. Yeah. And men directing, it, it really is yep. such a collaborative project. Um, yep. I was I was very happy when I saw like, uh, you know, what's your name, uh, Deborah Wong, uh, the director one episode, yes. and it was Bryce Dallas, yep. Dallas Howard that directed another episode, and so men and women, they had people, yeah, they had black black Americans, they had white Americans, they had Asian yep. Americans, everybody yep. that was covering the escape. Yep. So I really I just yep. adore that show. Uh, let me ask you a question. You, you know, um, coming up as as a Black American, uh, did you did yeah. you and I'm pretty sure you did experience uh, women who wanted to see the myth, or did you yeah. have that experience? Yeah. Did you have that experience? Go ahead. Yeah, I had all. Yeah, I mean, I had all types of experience. You know, the one of the touching of the hair, and you know, like can I see it? And oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and again, I. I I took I, there was like I said there was a time when I took advantage of that you know I was like okay I know what this is like yeah well you know all right well, we all black when the light goes up that was right you know I just I had always had like a different way of looking at things and I think that kind of helped me a lot dealing like with the opposite sex you know dealing with white women dealing with other races dealing with different right. people in situations like I I would try to really think outside the box on certain things and or oh, you my know, hands you, would be, you, you grew up kind of geeky, you know, you, you, your father had a comic book store, you know, you, you grew up, you know, you know, learning about everything about your race. They made you watch roots that, you know, you, you grew up learning all those things. And then do you believe that these experiences some kind of like overtly changed like your sexuality because you were taking advantage of it and, and, and you were somewhat, and at least other people saw you as somewhat different sexually. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had my own curiosity. So, you know, it was it was like a 
you know, it's like a fair trade. You're, I want to know some things. You want to know some things. You know, yeah. So it, it was, right. yeah. I mean, definitely. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that I went through in that phase, and you know, learning and culturally and seeing knowing differences. And you know, it wasn't really. I don't think the sexual sexuality part was the main thing that. I mean, because again, that's normal. But I think right. it was just the conversations that were had in and those things like those sometimes were hard because there was sometimes you would have a person, for example, I remember um, I, I'm outside and I'm meeting someone, you know, we're, we're just trying to get to know each other. And I said, Hey, you know, we've been out here for a while. I think it would be better if we just, you know, either go somewhere or we should just call it night. She's like, Oh, well, you know, a little longer. And this car drives by and this gentleman's looking at us and I, and, and she's and and she's like, I wonder what he was looking at. And it's like a white guy. And I was like, Well, he's probably just thinking you're trying to sell me drugs. I was just being funny. And she took that and she said, Me sell you drugs? And I was like, Mm, okay. That's that what? I mean, she didn't mean that the way it sounded. Right. Right. I, I'm gonna give that the benefit of the doubt. Right. Then she takes me, we go to an apartment. And I see she's got certain books. I was like, oh, I've read this book. I read this book. And she's like, oh, you read? And I was just like, okay, all right. This is getting harder by the second. Yeah, that, could, that could be a and, guy thing, uh, but I understand. Yeah. Right. It could be. Right. I was like, you know, it could be. You know, and but then we're watching um, the story about, I think, Moni Love. I think that was the rap, you know, she her, her life story. And yeah. I could see the setup where she's sitting on the bench waiting for a father who never shows. And I'm like, damn, that's so messed up. She And she said, what? And I was like, oh, you know, she she's her father is not going to be there, so she'll probably have dad issues, you know, that wanting a father in your life, but he's never there. And she's like, right. oh, yeah, you probably don't know your father either. And I was like, oh. actually, actually, you know. And like that mess. was that was – yeah, yeah, and then she offered me something to drink, and she was like, "I have uh, Gatorade, I have grape, I have strawberry, and I have watermelon. I'm pretty sure you want the grape." And I said, "Actually, I will take the strawberry." And then she's like, mm-hmm, "Sure." So she brought the grape anyway. It's with the strawberry, just like because you know, I, like, I'm pretty sure you're gonna want this because you, you know, know I, I need, I, like I need to. I need to ask you a question because you've mentioned the grapes, and I want to come back to this, but you mentioned the grapes several times. What the hell does that mean? Because uh, purple. It, it, it's all about the purple. It's anything purple. Dave Chappelle made a joke about black people love purple stuff. And, okay. You know, and, and you're right. So, like, even though, like, everybody wanted the Sunny D, he was like, he made the joke and said that kid in the back, that black kid in the oh, back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that joke. Oh, okay. Because I didn't know, yeah. I didn't even know what the so, hell you were talking about. Okay. So continue that story. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't know either until somebody yeah. else said, because they offered me if I wanted something to drink. And I did say, I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'll take, I'll take the, the purple Gatorade. He's like, you want purple? Yeah, I want purple. And he was like, you want the purple, huh? And I was like, yeah, man, there's something wrong with the purple. What? what? Like, did, 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 I worked <laughs> yeah. at a grocery store. I was like, something wrong yeah. with purple? And, he, and, he, and this girl walks over. She's like, that is so messed up. And I was like, what What happened? Is there something wrong with the purple? And he's like, no, because he saw the Dave Chappelle show about black people liking purple stuff. So the fact oh. that you wanted the purple one, that just validated what okay. Dave Chappelle. And I was like, yeah. So that's what that came what, from. Whatever. It's like he had a black handbook. 
and was trying to please to my blackness. And I was just like, I'm not that guy. Like, so she insisted on bringing the, bringing the purple Gatorade to you. Yeah, she brought it anyway. And I did not drink out of principle. I was like, I didn't even want, I was like, I don't even want, it. I don't even want. It. Like, right. No, thank you. I even don't want to your, even though it's good, even though even even though Purple Frost is one is what Riptide is one of my favorite Gatorades, but you know yeah. in that instant, not today. Yeah, just off of it had too much biting sting of injustice. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, you know, yeah. I, if I, would you mind if I told you a story? Sure, please. So I was working at the AMC when I was 15 years old, and we were surrounded by supervisors. I was just a little kid, and there was this one guy I worked with that looked. He looked like a Nazi. I mean, if anybody looked like a Nazi, it was this guy. He had blonde hair, slick, completely slick, canines, uh, beautiful blue eyes. I, I can see him so clearly in, in my eyes right now. He was, he was Hitler's mm. dream. And oh, wow. somebody was telling the joke about uh, Chris Rock's the difference between black people and the N-word. Remember that joke? Gotcha. Yep. What do, you yep. Want, what do you want, a cookie, yeah. you know? And he's telling this joke, yeah. and, and it's the first time I've ever heard people be so kind of openly, like in, in, a, in a workplace. I mean, I'm not talking about the school ground, but in a workplace being so right. overtly racist. And he goes, you right. know, I'm offended by that. And I remember somebody goes, yeah. why, why are you offended by that? He pulls out his wallet, mm-hmm. and his mother is white, his father's black. He has four siblings that are dark black and he's white. And for some reason he turned out the way he did and they turned out the way they Uh did. And that scared the crap out of me. I mean, I was genuinely frightened because from that point on, I realized that as white as I see somebody as they can easily be black. So yeah. it's like there is Definitely. no there is no place for any kind of humor. There is no place to make some kind of joke because nobody's watching or nobody's right. there. You, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was so yeah, I was yeah. so young and, and that it just so I remember that so crystal clear, and it scared the crap out of me. But you know, it shouldn't take an experience like that to you know because I grew up right. with immigrant parents and I and I I saw a lot of racism and I I felt racism when I was young. It shouldn't take an experience right. like that to, to to help you to understand the plight of exactly. us as Americans, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get yeah. it. That's, that's, yeah, yeah it, it just goes to show, again, case by case. It's better to do it that way than to automatically just assume because you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. You just yeah. never know. You really never know. Yeah. I mean, people, people could don't. be of, of any race. So, so you know... You know, we're we're hitting the hour mark, and I, and I want to get into some solutions here. You know, when you, when you look at the black youth today, now they're mm-hmm. you're obviously living in a different generation. They're living in the Instagram generation. They're living in the Facebook yep. generation. They they do have the ability to see people that look like them. Is is mm-hmm. is there a way for us to help the black youth today? Is there a, and and what is it? In, in what way are we trying to help them? Do you think? Like help them to understand how the, how the world works and and how they're how how we're all the same, you know? Because you had you had to learn a lot of these experiences through your parents and what have you, and and it was sh- put in your face, 
And you had to have your own life experiences through high school, middle school, people calling you names, throwing grapes at your window. How how could we well, how could we how could we teach children while they're young, both white and uh, black? Or do or do you think you know that what? they're just learning? Or do you think they're just learning at a different rate now? I mean, yeah, I think you again. I think you can learn at a different rate, um, and then which is why you know a lot of times like. Now it's so much information that you get to the point where it's hard to care about certain things. Well, especially I would say before, um, like when Black Lives Matter first, like literally, I had first came out. Right. Right. I'm gonna touch on that really quick. Like it was like a hashtag thing. You know, people started talking about it, but just as it kind of really started getting traction, Pokemon Go came out. And black, uh, you didn't hear anything about Black Lives Matter anymore. It was about Pokemon (laughs) and everything else. It was all about these views. I was like, I was like, really? That's how fast? But again, it was like the early stages. Like no one really saw anything. But then you have stuff now where you see stuff live stream. You see that like there's just so much of it now where it's like this is ridiculous. It's like it's it's heartbreaking. Like you can't even. Like if you if you're not careful, you can you like saturate yourself with just sadness and hatred because you're like this is this just happened. Like five people have already right. black people have been killed in within a month within a right. short period of time, and it's like and those that, are the that ones you know of. See. Yeah, right. Those aren't even the ones that you don't see. So it just right. like it makes it now where it's like you're one Google away from learning about something. You know, it's it, the information's there. So it's just a question of now taking the time out to show those things, you know, I think it's important to see like the 13th. I think it's important to see, you know, a lot of the history. Cause again, my, when my parents talked to me, you know, a lot of stuff was very surface unless you were like really educated where it went beyond the school books where you had, where you had access to that information now because of how social media is, how just the network itself, you can get that information pretty fast. Cause I mean, even when they talked about the officer that got they charged, and they first it was like third degree, and then it was like man, right. I was like, wait, what is that? And I was like, right. hey, 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 Siri, what is this? And then it broke it down and showed me. I was like, oh, this charge ain't shit. Like that yeah, was third, de- was third like, degree oh, murder and second degree manslaughter. Yeah, it was bull. Is bullshit. Yeah, it was like it, it, it was like this is a slap in the face. You know, right. We all saw what that was. And so it's like you can't now you can't just unsee it. You can't just make you can't throw you can't spin it. You can't just say this is what it is on the news. There's so many outlets to get that information and people are bold enough now to film everything. You know, you saw people protest and they were blaming all the uh, black people with the looting, but then you saw the video, you saw white people looting. You saw all types of like, well right. why aren't they just calling right. it well this, you know, it, why are they just saying it's black? Why are they making it sound like it's just us when it's clear that it's not. Oh, well, you know, the cops, that one cop that made that huge speech about, you know, the the badge still got shine on it, and he said all those positive things. Now, if you had no right. outlet to, to 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 battle that, you would have you thought he was right. But then right. you had someone who put the clips together showing how these cops are pushing, you know, all all these white people and, and black people and shooting them and handcuffing them, and you're like, uh, yeah, that, don't, that, that badge ain't as, as bright as you think it is. Or maybe right. it is bright. It's just in a you know, it's just not bright for the people. It's bright for the right. system. You know. Well Black Lives Matters has exploded. 
Uh, I mean, really, it's so huge right now. I mean, it is right. What what do you what do you think of of the of the current explosion and the current um, um, state uh, of of Black America? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's getting at the awake stage. I feel like there's a lot of things that we didn't know, or there's things that we knew but maybe not to the magnitude that we knew them. Um, right. I feel like a lot of things are getting exposed. Because like, even for myself, like I said, I, I've heard things. I've been through things. But to see how far back that system goes and how, 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 how far they went to keep us oppressed, to keep the numbers, to keep, that, to keep us in prisons, to, to call us super predators and do all these things. Like I mean, the first 10 minutes of that, that, that thing, I just couldn't believe you know, this white person was in blackface, and it, I mean, the, the the animalistic and raping a white woman. The woman was so willing to jump off a cliff to not mm. be raped. I was like, no wonder when I would go certain places at a certain time, and I'd get a look, or the woman would clutch her purse or lock her doors as soon as I walked past. Like, I get it. I would too if I saw that. And, and you know how it is if if you have like five people lined up and you whisper something to that one person, and then they tell it, by the time it gets to the fifth person, it's totally changed. And so that you take that ideology, and then you throw that into the generations upon generations upon generations of what the black narrative, yeah. the narrative of what a black person is supposed to be in white supremacy, and you're like, no wonder. No wonder it's still the same. No wonder you know, there's like when you we walk. I, I want to share a story with you. You know, you, you know Sean Pitcher, you know. Yeah. He's great. So, he's yeah, he's he and I have known each other for well over 25 years. I, you know, I've been his Kung Fu teacher for well over 20 years. And he and I mm. would play Halo together. And mm. people would say the N-word all the time, all the time, all the time, mm. all the time. And I, I had friends in Microsoft. And I remember a couple mm. times when people would, would, would say the N-word, I, I would just call up Microsoft and get their accounts shut off, just shut off. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he and I decided to put a paper together. I put a paper together. I talked to Microsoft. And that's, that's why you have that racism tab now. When you mm-hmm. go to Microsoft Live, you have mm-hmm. that racism tab in there. And it, it was one of those things where, you know, I just could not, I, you know, it just, that word is not normal to me. It's not mm-hmm. natural to me. It, like it makes my heart like mm-hmm. feel like a, like I start to get palpitations. You mm-hmm. know, it, does that make sense to you? Like it's it's not normal. Yeah, I, I yeah, so it's not normal for it was not normal for us. So he and I fought it really, really, really hard. So we we changed that uh, really bad. So I, for, I forgot what, it, what we were originally talking about, but um, yeah, you know, it, it takes it takes time to make changes, but I'm glad that right now that there's a gigantic explosion of people that really, yeah. really want to make change right. in this world. Right. Yeah. So one thing, yeah, because Sean, I think it was Sean that actually sent me, and that's what made me go to a protest because I was like, man, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to no protest. I'm not doing yeah. like because I've seen it. I know what it is like. We've been, we've been, you know, people will send me pictures of Martin Luther King, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was, he, but he got shot, and the movement has not changed any different from right. when he was doing it. Selma, Alabama, and, yeah, yeah. I was like, that to me, like that, did, nothing changed. But when he showed me 
a video of it was like a sea of people on a bridge or something, and right. they were all laid down on the ground. That that just gave me chills, and I was just like, okay, I'll go. So you went, I'll huh? Step up. I'll, you know, yeah, it, it showed, I mean, it was like white people, black people. It yeah. was, you okay. know, gay, straight. It was just, it, it didn't matter, but everybody got joined together for that cause. So that kind of just, um, that, 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 that was beautiful to see. That's another thing that I think is awesome with how everything is set up right now with social media. Yeah. You can see in real time, real change or real people going through something yeah. and it allows you to feel. So, right. Gene, do you, you know, do you, I, I can't even describe to you how many people, white and black, got. Because I've been protesting all week long, last week and this mm-hmm. week, and I, mm-hmm. I just posted a couple of my pictures up. I cannot tell you how many people were pissed off at me. Black mm-hmm. people were pissed off at me were, while protesting while being white, and mm-hmm. white people were pissed off at me for not taking the coronavirus very seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And I, I was I was really upset for a long time until people started mm. uh, attacking Emma Watson and, and, and Ellen DeGeneres. And I'm like, you guys are just mad. Mm. Fuck, it. Dude, fuck it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. care anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's like if you're going to be pissed, you're going to be pissed, man. But I'm going to do what I think is right. And I protested. And, yeah. and this show right now, this show is an active protest. I'm listening to right. your story. We're it listening is. to your story. We're listening to your voice. There's thousands and thousands of people who are listening to you right now. That's an active protest. And that's and that's why I'm doing it. I was like, you know what? It's bigger than me. I was like I said, I wasn't going. I wasn't going to get on anything. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just like, I just yeah. was in that space of I know what this is. But one of my friends just said, you know, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, and right. that spoke out to me that's awesome in a place when i like yeah that's it, awesome it, you know because she became a doctor she's like you know she's like yeah i went through all types of stuff she's like and she's like we're not designed to, to to fight the system but that's what god's place but you know these battles we can win these battles and you just got to win one at a time and like it's not it's, it's not going to be easy but we can make it better for each person you know the fact that we could stand right. up and do something and i was just like you know what all right well, I want I want you on the show purely for the fact that I I know you, I think I know you, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. you're a great guy, man. You're a great guy. Thank you. I've always liked you, and I want to have you on show because I want to, I want to hear your experiences. I want to hear what you, what your thoughts were on the matter. Um, now we're talking mm-hmm. about Black Lives Matters, and uh, you know mm-hmm. where where should because it needs to move somewhere. It can't just they can't protest forever. Right. Where, where, where should it go from here? You know, I think one, the the main thing. This is this is this my my personal opinion. I, I don't want to speak for everybody in sense of, you know, they'd be like, hold on, dude, you're about to, um, No, no, no. We I all know say, we, this is just from your opinion. We get it. Yeah, I just you know you know how people are. Um, yeah, I, I just want to. I think that one, it's like we want, we want, or at least what I want to see is. If you do a crime, that you get the same amount of you get the same. It's the same. It's the same across the board. Like if you kill someone, you get the same thing I would get. Not because I'm black, not because you're white, but because you killed someone. If you take a life, 
you need to be held accountable for that. And I think that's the main thing we want is, like, when we're out there, they, if a cop, if a, if a neighbor, if someone does something and they break a law, that they be held accountable to it. Or even better yet, right. you don't do it. You right. you you know you hold because that's again that again that's with, at least with the cops you 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 took an oath you right. know you know but if that means you just gonna protect them but destroy us that defeats the whole purpose that's not that's not what that means that's not what that is unless again we change that system those those laws we start break we start really going back because again that's really what it boils down to is really changing a lot of these laws changing right. a lot of the structure and, right. and and as that happens then the consequences and repercussions, those will happen. So then we become in a space where even if I don't like you, I have to respect you as a human being. I can't just disrespect and take away your rights because I don't like your color or because I don't like your gender or because I don't like your sex or I don't like what your orientation. You can't do that anymore. Like that's where we went. That's, that's where it needs to get to. And that's going to take time. I think that, you know, this, building up our communities, like, cause right now we really don't have them. We have neighborhoods. We don't have, like when you go to Koreatown, when you go to, you know, uh, all these other places that in L.A. or anywhere, they have their communities. You know, right. you can't just walk in and do whatever you want. That That's not going to happen. I think that's something that's important. I think that, that getting the education, the knowledge of where we were to where we want to go, I think that's important. I think, you know, because, again, that information is being spread, that awareness, and then so that allows you – as us as the people that walk and move in a certain way. Cause I know for me, I feel very, even though I'm very angry and very frustrated and hurting times, I also feel more empowered. I feel more grounded knowing where I came from or what the struggles were before me. Like I literally can see them. I'm Googling this. Like I'm about to watch, um, uh, what's the one where black wall street. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm about mm-hmm. to learn about that. Like, you know, I heard, and I heard that's going to be a hard one to watch, but, I'm gonna it watch is, it. It is, it is I, hard to watch, yeah. You know, I'm hearing, I heard there was bombs and there was planes. I'm like, planes? Like they went that far? Planes? Yep. Really? Yep. And yeah, and, and you got, but then you got people mad about a target. Yeah. Yep. You know, it kind of puts things in perspective, but you know, but again, just to know where we come from and understanding these things, so it's like it, it, it gives a fuel to the fire, but taking that fire and using it in a positive sense, where it's like enough's enough. We're not just going to let you just come in and just kill and do whatever. You know, we're going to – you got to know better so you can be better, you know. And, again, you don't have to like me. I don't have to like you. But I will respect your space, you being on this planet as a human being, you know. And I think that's, that's what we need. And I think that's, the you know, taking the world, doing it the way we're doing it, seeing all that, you know, black and white people and other ethnicities all over the world getting together for the common cause of saying – okay, this is too much. We need to do something. So I think those are the things that are helping right now, you know, education and structure and and accountability, because that's all I'm looking for. I'm like, you know, I just want to know if I get pulled over, this cop ain't going to sit there and draw his gun and and make me another statistic. Right. You know, or or my neighbor's not going to be like, oh, can I help you? And I say no. Or I try to deliver a FedEx package, and all of a sudden I get handcuffed and thrown into the ground because right. you know I'm black, right? Yeah. You mean you you, you mean uh, killed while while jogging, or killed while you know watching watching birds, or killed while going to Starbucks? Any yeah, any of that. And I and I I felt that before. I, I remember 
before the COVID stuff, I was going to get, I wanted to get an altitude mask, but I knew me being my size. You know, we talked, we, we talked about that uh, on the show earlier. Please tell me your story. Please tell me your story. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, you know, because I wanted to train. I was trying to get better at something, and uh, and my buddies were beating me up the damn mountain. And I was like, man, I'm gonna get better. It's about build up my stamina. And I, I saw this one dude at 24 going crazy with the mask on. I was like, how is that helping you? He's like, yo, it's great. And I was like, I was like, man, I want to get one, but if I get it, I don't want to get shot or worse right. because someone thinks I'm running through the neighborhood. Trying yes. to destroy, rape, plunder, and pillage. Like I just don't you, want you, that. You know, and I've had you, know how many, you know how many black men have been arrested for wearing COVID masks, and they wonder why the disproportionate numbers are there for the black for the for, for the black generation having COVID opposed to the white generation who has COVID. It's such it's such bullshit. I remember there's this one cop, or not cop, but a but doctor that got arrested. And he's suing. He's suing the police department right now, but because he was moving equipment while wearing a mask, because he's protecting himself, and they made him take off his mask. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I, I'll never forget the first day where they said it was mandatory for everybody to wear the mask. I sat in the Seven Eleven parking lot for like five minutes. Really, like, please let me just. I just, I just want some chips. I just want some chips. <laughs> like, how bad do that I want so chips? That is so sad, so, man. Like, I was just like, yeah, like, I, there was that fear. Like, and every time I put it on, I always feel like Grand Theft Auto. I feel like I'm a, like a villain of some kind. Like, and even me and my buddy were hiking, uh, social distancing. We were hiking. Hold on, Gene. Be, Gene, before, before you tell us your story, I don't want the audience to believe that I'm laughing because I think this is funny. I'm laughing because a lot of this makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable. And yeah. it's more of an it's more of an uncomfortable laugh because it's, oh, it's, yeah. it is so strange. It, you know, I consider Gene Freeman to be a friend of mine. To hear these stories from like a friend of mine, m- much less a stranger, and you've heard the shows because I've, I've done what six other episodes of this uh, yeah. forgotten people before. Sometimes mm-hmm. these stories are so like out of the realm of understanding to a lot of us that I just have to chuckle a little bit going like, I cannot believe this is the way we live our lives. I cannot believe. And by the way, I cannot believe you, we as a people make black America live this life and you can expect them to come out without PTSD, a strong PTSD without being angry. And, and you, you are, so, we as a people are so lucky. Like that woman said in that, in that one video, we are so lucky that black America is just asking us to reform instead of, instead of going back for revenge. You guys are so, we're so lucky. Please continue. Your, your, is, your, you know uh, what I'm saying? No, no, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's real. Cause like you get frustrated. Like there's been plenty of times where I literally was like, I know what this is. And I like, I want to wild out. I want to let you have it. I want to put that person. I mean, I learned jujitsu. I learned some cool jujitsu moves. Like, I, yeah. I, my thing was, if I get a hold of you, it's a wrap. But, right again, what at what cost? You know, that, like I said, I don't want to mess it up for the next person. You right. know, and you know, it, it, it's it's sad because to have respect for people, just people in general, and to have people take advantage and try to, 
you know, manipulate and, and, you know, use their privilege and things of that nature against me or try to say something real slick and smooth. And like I'm thinking to my friend and find out you're, you're just trying to, you know, be, again, use your, be ignorant about certain things. So it's like, George, George you know, Floyd was calling that, calling that cop, sir, into the moment that he went unconscious. He was calling him, sir. Yeah. So he was trained yeah. and he understood what it was like to be a black American. That, that makes me want to not, not put that guy in prison, put him underneath the prison. Yeah. And you know what's crazy about that? Like, you always watch black people for the most part. They, you might hear a person talk back. You might hear a person say, get on the ground, get on the ground. And what you'll see is that person getting hit over the head, punched in the face, and all these things. They want you to say, get on the ground, get on the ground. I'll never forget, for me, when I was 14, we were in a hotel and everybody, all these kids are running around. We're just running around playing. We're just running around playing. We're just playing, having a good time. And cops were called. The cop grabs me. She says, get down on the ground. I'm like, get down on the ground for what? What did I do? Like, I'm barefoot in my pajamas. Like, what am I, what, why am I getting on the ground? And she's like, because uh, I said so. And if you don't get on the ground, I'm going to mace you. Like, she tried to pull me down. And, I, and there's something mm. about when you hear the words, get down on the ground. You're right. in that moment. You're telling me I have a 50-50 chance of living. Thing you just right. see a person like they try to pull them down, and it's like that fight because it's like I know if I go on the ground, there's a there's a small chance these people are going to kill me or beat me up to the point I wish I was dead. So if I'm gonna die, I'd rather die on my feet than right. die than die oh, my cuffed up yeah. on my knees with your knee on my neck. Like I've had, yeah. like I've been in those situations. So it's like. I've heard that. I've felt that. And I've even said it subconsciously myself. It's like something about hearing those words, being in that space, and a person has a gun on you and or has a cuffs and they're, like, jabbing you and putting them on super tight, cutting you. It's like, you're going to hurt me. So I have. there's that self-preservation. I want to live. And right. then you just see them give up. And that's right. it. And when they're on the ground, they just get, all they can do is just hope for the best. You know, Gene, do, do you think, do you think those children that grew up with you, that threw grapes at you, that called you all kinds of names that I don't even want to say, but called you all kinds of names? Do you think they yeah. have a, the ability to change? Do you think they regret yeah. what they went what what yeah. they did? Yeah, I think I think I think, and I think that's the thing. I think we all can be in a space. Depend, it, change is possible if you're willing to change. Um, you know, you got it. Cause again, like even George Floyd, like he did some stuff, you know, I've done right. some stuff. I'm not right. the same person. We've, we've all done you know? some stuff, my friend. Yeah, we've all done something, you know, it's all, we've all done something, but it's like, you have to grow, you know, I'm yeah. not going to hold that over somebody. I've, and I've even actually, some of my, uh, some of those people from back home, you know, have reached out to me over the years because they see me on TV or they see me in a film, you know, and I, and I was had to be in a space where I was allowing that, that, that growth to, to be acknowledged. You know, wow. it didn't, it didn't, it wouldn't benefit me to hold it. Holding on to that anger and frustration does nothing for me. So, you know, I, I gotta be in a space to forgive. You know, I've been taught so, that so, I've been raised by that. So people. not only, do, not only do you have to go through the experience not only do you have to hold yourself back from the experience, not only do you have to have some, some kind of psychological damage because of the experience, but you also have to forgive the people who gave you those experiences. Is that what you're saying yeah. to me? Yeah. You, I mean, it's all, it's all part of it. Like you have, 
You have to because that's the part that can kill you. That's the part that I've seen what happens when you don't let go of anger, when you don't let go of the misdeed that was happened to you. Now, I'm not saying forget, but when you hold on to that, it, it does it does so much to your body. Like, again, last this last year and a half was so hard for me because there was things racially that I was dealing with, and it held me back where I couldn't go train, I couldn't focus because all I could think about was what that person did to me and how I wanted to say something or how I wanted to, like, because I was like, man, I can't be in this space if it's going to be like this. I can't right. get show get my best because that's all I want to do. That's why I got in the film. I was like, I got in the film because I want to be aliens. I want to be an action star. I want to be on, on, on fantasy adventures. I want to be in Lord of the Rings. Like, I see myself yeah. on things like that. I can't do those things if I can't people that yeah. don't respect me as a person, you know, it's very and you, hard. And you're, and you're great at way. what you do. You're great at what you do. Thank you. And that's because I've had great teachers and great people that took time that saw something in me worth giving something to. So, you know, it's just a testament to that. You know, yeah. I can't take all the, I can't take the credit. So it's just like, well, no, everybody, everybody has mentor. I mean, I would, I would give the yeah. credit to your parents because they, they obviously yeah. really watched over you. And took care of yeah. you, and really, I mean, first of all, the comic book store is is awesome, <laughs> but it, it yeah. really it's, it really sounds like they really took care of you and really gave you the rules and regulations of how to live oh, your man. life as a Black American. You know, how, how mean, do you feel? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and that's the thing too. Like, they they definitely spoke on us as Black people, but they got to a space where it was just like business like you want this you want you you need seven streams of income vision boards like my mom was doing vision boards in in the early uh 80s before that was even a thing like really just having that mindset yeah like i wow. remember i'll never forget it she cut it out the the bmw on her on her board and i saw the bmw in her in her driveway yeah like you know wow. taught all that stuff you know powerful powerful people yeah powerful you know, just in general, just the mindset. And it's like, that's why I was like, I wanted to be in this business and, and, and inspire and show that I'm not just thug number five, that I'm not just, right. you know, the, 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 the muscle. Like, I was like, no, that does not interest me. People, I remember one person said to me, man, I want to, I mean, I wish I could get you on some of these slave films, but you're too, but you're too cut up. You're too, you look like a hero. I was like, and I'm thinking to myself, Mike, you got damn right. I don't want, look, I ain't trying to be the damn, no, no, I don't need to play the slave. Like, I have enough stuff that I deal with out of my reality into my fantasies. I don't want to play the, the drug dealer or the rapper that's trying to get his career off, but he's got like a baby mama and he lives in the basement of his mom's house while his mom walks over him to get to work. I don't want to tell that story. I don't want to play right. 12 years of slave. Nothing well, against Keen, those that do. Yeah, well, Key and Peele have made like thousands of jokes about the black experience, yeah. even as actors. You know, I don't know if you saw that one where the, the one a black American, black Englishman came over opposed to the black American and they were fighting over the, over the fact that one was a gangster and the other guy is classically trained at, like as Meisner or Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they go back and forth. Yeah. Have you, have you had experiences like that in Hollywood where somebody said, because uh, I, I have had friends who have had this experience mm-hmm. where people like would say, be more Asian or be more black oh, or be more this. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I've got, I mean, I, I remember audition I had to play, uh, it was to play a gangster or something. And he was like, the director was like, man, nothing personal against you, bro. But I just don't see it. I don't buy it. 
And I was like, okay. I was like, um, give me, uh, can, uh, like, what type? I was like, what type of gun will I be using on set? He's like, a shotgun. And I was like, okay. Man, I racked that air shotgun and, and turned it. Got, I was working the next week. You know, I get. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I can turn it on. Yeah, I mean that again. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I can turn it on. I, I did a, I did a movie, and he was like, uh, we we need to do some pickups for the voice. And uh, we need you to sound a little more black. He didn't. He he, he, he he first he was like a little more, and I was like a little more what? You need a little more bass, a little more what? What you need? He's like, yeah, that would help. But um, and I was like, I just, I knew what he was going. I was like, say it, say it. You need me to be a little more black. He's like, yes, I need that. Is, is that, aff- is that like, offensive? Is that inf- is, is that going to change uh, in, in in Hollywood? Is that going to change in America? Is that offensive? In, you know what? It, it will change when you see different things. You see different stories. It's like that's the thing. You need to see different stories. If you don't I don't think in Ma- stories, I don't think in Mandalorian they asked Carl Weathers to be more black. Hell, oh heck! I mean, no. You, if you heard the man speak, it's like it sounds like Zeus talking on his on his island. On, on his island. No, that's the thing. It's like. Once we start, that's the thing. Like that's why I love sci-fi and fantasy so much. And I was like, because you really don't see us in those spaces enough. Yeah. To me, that's the yeah. way. That's that's where you're gonna see me the most. I always see him in the pre- For me, he's always the pre- I mean, Rock. It's Rocky and Predator for me, always. And now it's the Mandalorian. But Predator yep. is always the Predator handshake guy, man. I'm just. And then when yep. he loses his one arm, when he's like shooting, he's like ah. Oh. Just. Love him, man. I, I, Love I remember, Carl Weathers. I remember talking to him about that. I said, you know, you've had some of the most iconic deaths in in in, in film history, and I was, and I and I saw that where in this one, I was like, and it's so cool that you did die yet, it, it, you yeah. know. And he was like, he's like, because like, I'm done dying. I ain't dying no more. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, it was the best moment ever of uh, of my career thus far to to to, to be in that space. And hear Carl Weathers say, "I'm done dying. I ain't dying no more. That dumb with that shit." And that's so hilarious. But you know, that's the thing. It's like I want, yeah. I, I want to be in that space. Like to, to the fact that me and my brother, Chris J. Alex, we've both done something so iconic. I've held Baby Yoda. He's handcuffed Miss Piggy. I was like, you can't beat that. Yeah. Like, who would have thought that would we be in that space? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm so glad to be doing something different. I think I think your parents. I think your parents would have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're 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 definitely right. I mean, because I was drawing comic books. I was in that world. Like I was, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna draw for Marvel. That was one of my. They, plans, they, they knew. You know? They knew your. They knew your heart. They knew where they knew where you yeah. were going towards. Yeah, they yeah. knew where your focus was. Yeah. There's no doubt. There was no doubt in their minds, regardless of what happened to you in like high school and yeah. you changed towards athletics and what have you. I think they always knew where you were going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just geared us up for that. You know, my mom, my mom was an artist. You know, she could draw, she could sing, she could dance, she could write. She was, you know, my father was consistent. He knew how to work. You, you never had well. to tell him to go to work ever. You know, right. he taught me consistently with creativity and, and, and entrepreneurship and, and, and stealing things that most people don't get. Because, again, because she was willing to step outside those boundaries 
into a space where she was willing to take take all the hatred, take all those yeah. things, and still persevere through all that, you know. And, right. and they did that, you know. Shout out to them, for real. Absolutely. They sound like fantastic people. Let me ask you, what do you want to see change in America? Now, now that we're going through this entire thing, now that people are, quote-unquote, woke or trying to get you know awakened by this entire episode and what have you, what do you want to see change mm. in America? I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not even talking about politics. I'm partially talking about yeah. politics, but, but I'm talking about yeah. like even social media. I'm even talking about movies. How do you want things to change? How, how do you want things to evolve? I want to I want to see the opportunity involved. I want to see that it, regardless of your race, regardless of any of that, that you see the potential of what someone brings to the table. Period. That's what I want to see. I want to see that where we get to that space where I'm not going to be compared to thug number five, some crate, some whatever, some thirsty dude. I just want to be looked at for me. I want people to be able to go out there and really go out and what they what they want and get the respect that they do. Like again, we don't have to love and like each other, but we have to get to the space where we respect each other. It's okay to disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. You just can't break the law. You just can't take the law into your own hands. You just can't take your ideals and force it and oppress it on me because you're like, well, I know I can get away with it. It's my word against yours. All I got to do, I don't care if you're bird watching or not, I can make a phone call, throw a little something on my voice, and guess what's going to happen? It shouldn't be that. It should be, right. you know what, you're just looking at birds. I don't care. I'm going to do me. You do you. Thank you. Right. You know? Right. That's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, other than the Beckys in the world, you know, and that's what we call those 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 women who call the police, you know, while you're selling water while being black. Oh, uh, other than that, yeah. you're right. You know, how do you how do you want to see police change? Do you want how do you want to see them evolve through this experience? I'm same thing. You know what? Think twice before you take some a black person's life, or a brown person, or anyone's life. That especially. Black and brown. Let me just be friggin' clear. If you do it, you are going to have to go to prison. Flat out. That's what I want. I want you to really think twice before you pull your gun on me, before you pull on another, your gun on another person of color. Period. That's what I want to see. I want to see that you really, like, you know what? Under, if, if, this, if there wasn't no change, I might have pulled one. Or showing off that you know, the cops like, we, you know what? Hey, man, we're here. You know what? We're trying to do better. We're trying to. We're not trying to be the, the, the oppressors of the system anymore. We're not going to be the Agent Smiths. You know, we're not here for that. If something happens, I can call nine one nine one one and feel safe about it. I can get pulled over, feel safe about it if it happens. You know, that's what I think the cops the cops should get to a place to, to change the narrative. So it's not, you know, what when my son and my daughter are old enough to drive. They don't have to be like, you know what, we got to watch out for the cops. Okay, the cops are here. we got to put our hands up. Remember on, on the 12 and on the this one. We don't have – it won't be that. That's, you know, it won't even be a thing. Like that's – or at least it gets to a space where people feel safe in their homes, in their environment. Like I said, in their homes. You know, if you breach and breaking someone's house, I don't have to worry about someone shooting. No knock warrants are coming out. in there and shooting you while you're eating ice cream or something like that. Yeah, you know, again, you know, like like I said, I I was in fear going to 7-Eleven with a bandana over my face. You know, why? Yeah. Because I was worried that somebody was going to do something. 
Because right. just just because just because look, and I had just saw a video where a dude went to the store and got kicked out because and he That's had right. a mask on. So I was like, shoot, if he got kicked out, I knew there's a good chance I might get kicked out then. You know, but right. when we get to a space where the cops aren't that, we get to a space where it's not that. It's a case by case. You know what? That's not you. Or if you do a crime, it's not going to cost you your life unless it gets down to that point. Unless you're pulling a, unless a matter of fact, I saw on Twitter a man. There was a sniper. He, he was he was he was shooting through in his apartment. SWAT team came. SWAT cars. They, they, you heard, you heard flash pit grenades go off, all that stuff. Guess what? They brought that that white individual down, and put him in the car. That's right. He he shot, he shot, got shot off. I, I mean, I, there's video. I heard it. I was like, yo, this is crazy. In North Hollywood, didn't get killed. Didn't get killed. That's what I want. I, if I have, if I'm armed to the teeth, if I'm Rambo's cousin, I got every gun. In the history of guns, I'm, I'm with Dan Bilzerian. I got all, hey, Dan, let me borrow, like, half your gun. I'm going outside. And I don't get shot. That sounds amazing. But or, but if I have a wallet, I have to worry. I'm more worried about having a wallet than having a gun. Like, that, I, I, I want to get to a place where I don't have that. That's right. what I want. That's what I want from the police. Before we go, you know, I, I just want to ask you one last question. You know, if you were teaching your children the same way your parents taught you, about being a black American, what would you teach them now about the generation they live in now? Uh, knowledge. Know, know, know yourself. Know your surroundings. Be, use judgment. You know, that's what I do. You know, regardless of how much it's changing, how much is being acknowledged, I still put forth wisdom in my movements. I don't go right now, I don't go to the store, walk into the store at night. I could, but I'm not going to, because why put myself in a dangerous position when I don't need to? You know, if I need chips that bad, I'm going to drive. You know, I mean, I tell, I, you know, I tell my son, don't be a yes man, be a no man. Know why you're doing something. Don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. Know for yourself. Do better for yourself. I said the same thing to my daughter. You're smart. You know what you're doing. Use, use it wisely. Because there's a lot of people in prison who who, who 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 have smarts, but they're in prison. Use it wisely. You know that's what I would teach them. Know your surroundings. Make good judgments. And you know, again, we're in a time where it, things are changing, but it's not going to change overnight. Because it took more than one night for for us to get here. That's right. So, and if I don't, if we didn't protest, uh, those four officers would not be in jail right now. It, 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 man, if, the, if we didn't protest for that, that, if we didn't see the video when it, uh, my man was jogging and got shot up, it, I mean, that, that just shows oh my that God. two months of freedom. They were chilling, making two sandwiches. Two months. And that other, that other guy life. didn't think he was going to go to jail. The guy who was following him and clipped him with the car, he didn't think for a second who took the video. He didn't think for a second he was going to go to prison. You're in prison now, jackass. Right, exactly. Now, now the sandwiches might taste a little different. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, yeah, exactly. You know, I, again, I would be. You got to be mindful of your surroundings. You got to keep that camera. Like, you know, hopefully, it's not going to be your last will and testament. You know, hopefully, like we get to a space where we do see a change. Because the one thing that's really scary about all of this is how much we've seen on camera, 
I can only imagine how much is going on that we don't see. If if I imagine what we don't see, I don't think I can sleep at night. I'll be honest with you. No. No. Yeah. I don't think I can sleep no. at night. It, it's horrifying to think about how unjust this 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 no. whole community has been towards uh, towards one particular people. I'm not even talking about homosexuals. I'm not even talking about you know Asians. I'm not even talking about anybody. I'm talking about Black America only, and, and they've been they've been just shoved into a corner, and and people wonder why things have happened the way they have, but. They've created their own situation. Yeah. 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 They said it's been going on for for a while. So it's like. Because you're an innocent kid. You're just a kid living with your parents. You know, comic book store. He's your father's working his job. Your mom loves You know, you're just doing your thing. And then you're propelled into this world that you have to learn about in order to yeah. compensate and become part of even the grape drink. You need to learn. You need to learn racism to understand that people are being racist against you. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I'll never forget when my mom told me, uh, don't let white people r- rub your head. And I was like, why? She's like, that's an insult to black people. Don't let them do it. Wow. And I'll never forget one day, this kid, we were on the same football team. I had my hair cut low and he was like, Hey, let me rub your head for good luck. And I said, you rub my head, I'm a bust your ass. And, like, I mean, loud as hell in the hallway. Like, I've never got that 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 raw out loud like right. that. That was just like, yeah, but it's like, again, it's like they try to, you know, you got to know that stuff because it's not always going to be just straight up in your face. Right. It's not always going to be that. It's going to be the slick stuff. Oh, you speak so Sometimes well. subversive. I've had so many. Yeah. yeah, I've had so many people say that. Like, oh, you speak so well. Oh, wow, you, oh, you, you got it. Oh, wow, you really got a vocabulary, buddy. Okay, yeah, it's gonna be that stuff. Or you know, because you're black, you know, like, so you know about black women and big butts. I'm like, yo, man, you sound real ignorant right now. Or yeah. you know, they have the opportunity, to, like, yo, I have the Dave Chappelle joke I want to tell you, and I was like, yo, if it, it involves you, follow uh, me, nigga. I'm going. To, I'm going to. Hurt you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bust your lip, man. Yeah. I'm going to. You know, you. It's going to be the last joke you tell before you go to sleep. So, you know, it's going to be nice. We have, we, we have to go, but you, how, you know, okay. how do you, how do you, how, you know, before, because I want to listen to your, everybody wants to know your information of how to reach you if you want to give them their, your information. But sure. uh, before we go, I want to hear just your, your quick thoughts, really quick, on how do you feel about these statues of Confederate leaders? And the names on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these um, government buildings, like Fort Bragg and what mm-hmm. have you, on on on, on uh, Confederate leaders, on slave owners, Confederate leaders. How do you feel about people wanting to change those? I think it's great. I mean, we still like Dave Chappelle. We still got slave owners on the money. So I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> at the end right. of the day. You know, it's, but it's all part of the system, and it's going to take time before it all comes down. Like once people are all fed up, and it's not, and it's not just black people, people of color. It's going to take, you know, white people and everybody else. Like it took like the world. It was going to take the world for the, that system to come down. So right. you know, I I feel like when they're going after these 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 monuments, what they represent, that's the past. And if unless you plan on keeping it in your present and future, it does need to come down. Simple. Right. Right. 
Well, everybody wants to know how they can reach you. Everybody wants to know, you know, we've had this conversation before you, you've been on my show before and thank you again for being here today. Uh, having you today has been a blessing. You spoke truth to power. Uh, I, I appreciate you sticking your neck out because a lot of people are afraid right now to speak, to yeah. speak about these things. You know, people think that they won't get jobs anymore. People think that, you yeah. know, um, you know what I mean? People are, are, are afraid. I've asked so many people to be on the show and they're genuinely frightened. And, um, yeah. I commend you. I commend you for coming on. You understand. And I commend you for coming yeah. on. And I, and I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for you educating. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, oh no. It's just, again, cause the only reason I'm doing it, cause again, it's bigger than me. Um, you know, hopefully, like you said, being on a platform that talks about it because people are trying to know and try to understand. And, you know, I've been blessed enough where in this business, I've had people reach out to me during this time that want to work and, and keep things going. So, and, and people who know me, they know my heart and where I stand with stuff. So, you know, what's for me is for me. Yeah. I, you know, listen, you, you said what you wanted to say. I don't think what you said was, uh, was, uh, you didn't say anything derogatory, but, but, but it's frightening. It's frightening to hear your story yeah. because it's, 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 it's everybody's story. Uh, that that is uh, yeah. that is Black American, and uh, yeah. I, I think I, I think what happens a lot of times is the sadness kicks in, to where you know I become well, like I'm listening to you right now, and I've listened to your story for the past two hours, and it makes me sad. It, it generally makes yeah. me sad, and, and it's hard to sleep. It's really hard to sleep. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's it's to, to think that another human being was treated that way is so, so wrong on so many freaking levels, so many effing levels yeah. that I, I just yeah. wish I could have, I, I wish I could have, you know, helped you. I wish I could have been the person who could have taken some of that pressure off of you. I wish I, you know what I mean? It's like, a, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things of like, I, it's just not fair sometimes. Just not fair. You know what? Yeah. You know what? God didn't give me nothing I can. Obviously not. You know, Gandhi oh, no. said, uh, Mother Teresa said, uh, God won't give me anything I can't handle, but I wish he didn't trust me so much. Ah, man. <laughs> I, man, I, I never got to go to the weight room. Ah, man. I, That's whew. a good one, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, man, he, tr- he trusted me a lot because, I mean. You did the yeah, right thing. Yeah. You know, looking at your friends and looking at your career and looking at what you've created, uh, you're, you're, you know, you've obviously proven yourself to, the, to, to God and to the entire world that, uh, that you are a great man. You've done good things. You've held yourself at bay. And today you taught a lot of people uh, your experiences and how, and how to be better, not only better Americans, but better people. And I appreciate you for that, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, and that's all it is. It's the life lessons and we, taking the time to learn them and hopefully like I said know better so we can do better you know yeah so so to tell to tell our tell our audience right now how they can get in touch with you how do you how, you, how do you want them to reach you uh instagram is good uh gene underscore freeman that's g-e-n-e-f-r-e-e-m-a-n um if you want to hit me up on twitter it's gene underscore freeman underscore junior um i'm on both of those and i'm more than willing to give more information if I can help or, you know, you can just follow what I'm into and, you know, I'll keep posting things, good information all around. 
Eugene, you're a great man. Thank you for joining us today. It was our honor to have you on today. We're gonna we're gonna clap you out, my friend. And and I, I hope I hope to God we 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 see each other soon when this pandemic is uh, at least calmed down a little bit. We can have some coffee or go get a go get a tequila together. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll de- definitely we'll figure it out, brother. I can't wait. I am so oh. happy. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to have a beer and a, a, I like to have a beer and a, and a hamburger personally. That, that's that's the kind of person I am. I heard the hell out of that. I'm on my meal prep right now. I got to get these these COVID pounds off. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. we have to get that COVID fifteen off of us. Man, I got man. I got yeah. I got to I got to get it. I got to get it. What Chad said, <laughs> we, you got to be in shape. <laughs> okay, my friend. We're gonna see you later. We're gonna clap you out of here. You have a great day. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. You too, man. There you go, my friend. Here's your clap. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great Thank night, you. my friend. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. You know, those stories are very difficult to listen to, aren't they? I mean, they're way more difficult to live, aren't they? But when you listen to them, I mean, they're they're quite... Um, Explosive. Uh, they're in your face. That's the reason why I wanted to do Forgotten People. You know, Forgotten People was originally meant for the homeless, the mentally ill, the disenfranchised. It was a little difficult to get police officers and, and doctors on the show. When Black Lives Matters happened, you know, I jumped on the opportunity to just wanting to give a voice. I was doing protests and what have you, and I can only protest for so long because I, I have other things. I have things to do. And I, I've gone through nine protests so far. I don't know a lot of people have gone to two. And, but, I, you know, I can use my platform as a protest for other people to listen and understand what Black America is going through, what it means to them to go through this experience, what it means to them to have racism come to the forefront of the conversation. The beginning of the show, we talked about reform, defund, and disband the police department. I ask you, please, to research these things. Because the defund the police department does not mean what you believe it means. To defund the police department means something completely different. We also talked today about taking names off of a lot of our bases from a lot of people that were from the Confederacy. I don't see a problem with with changing that name at all. I know a lot of people out there do have a problem with that, but these people were against America. They were on the wrong side of America. They fought against American troops and killed American soldiers. I don't think they have much of a right. And some of those generals were not very good. They kind of sucked. I'm, should that be the requirement? No. It should not be the requirement, but should we have people who insult the very core of our being, being the representation of our greatest bases of America? 
And on that tune, when you watch those statues of those Confederate leaders up there being touted, almost yelling at people that are passing by, do you feel like that's right? That's, that is just another form of, of terrorism, of racism. It's wrong to have these statues up that are looking down at people. I mean, I, I told you about that story in Europe where they just got that slave trader statue and they just ripped that thing down and threw it right into the ocean. I agree with that. But enough of me, you know, I guess lecturing, as, as my friends would say. You know, I don't want to lecture you forever. We had Gene Freeman on tonight. And Gene Freeman, thank, thank you so much for being on tonight. You were you're a gentleman and a scholar. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your honesty. We appreciate you speaking truth to power. We appreciate your parents teaching you the way they did. Keeping you on the right course. On the right path so you can become the man you are today. God bless you. We really appreciate you being here. A lot of people were very, very afraid to be on the show. They thought they would lose their job. I think some people thought they would say something wrong. Some people said they were tired and couldn't speak about this any longer. I really don't know what that means, but I accept that. I see this as my obligation to the world and to us as Americans to use my platform to allow other people, all people, to understand what is going on in America, to understand Black Lives Matters, or hashtag I Can't Breathe, to understand what is what is happening right now? What we're feeling and what needs to change for us to move on? These things are very important. Gene Freeman, thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing your experiences and for allowing us to understand your truth. Some of your resolvements. Some of the things that you believe that should change in America. You throw enough pennies into the ocean, you got a million dollars. And to all of you, thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate you all. Remember, we can only get through this time together. As Americans, as earthbound, being from Europe, being from Asia, I know all kinds of people are listening right now from Belarus, from Russia from Peru to Italy, from Mexico to Canada. I know my audience is listening. I love you all. And from what I want from you is I want you to listen to these people, all of them, and understand where they're coming from and make a change in your life as big or as little as it is. I want you to make that change. 
Live your life better. Become a better person. Read that book. Write that book. Watch that movie. Write that movie. Become that better you. When this pandemic is over, and for some it is, are you a better person? Have you changed? Have you corrected those things that were somewhat wrong, even in your own eyes? This is a time of great reflection. For us to look at ourselves as people, as Americans, as humans, and to go, things need to change. And things do need to change. That's why Black Lives Matter is happening right now. It's not the first time, but I hope it's the last time. I love you all. I think about you all the time. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been Forgotten People. And I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Check us out on Cinema Files on Instagram. I love you all. Please be well.